Hello and welcome to Greater Greener Georgia. Yes, hello. Welcome back to our next episode. Uh, hope you're all enjoying our updated name, Greater Greener Georgia. Yeah, just want to make sure that everyone knows that our name has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Greater Greener Georgia. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to? You have a good holiday weekend? Yeah, I did. Uh, I actually just moved into a new house about two weeks ago now. Uh, finally done unpacking, repainting, refurnishing, doing all that fun DIY stuff, and I'm finally feeling settled in my house with three roommates and two dogs. <laughs> it's a full house. I was about to say, it's, it's a very full house. Yeah, it's been fun, though. And what about you? How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Um, yeah, it's my, speaking of dogs, it's my dog's <laughs> second birthday Aww. today. Aw, well, happy birthday. Today, when you're listening, it's actually tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> okay. Recording. Happy birthday to your dog, <laughs> Nova, right? <laughs> yeah, she's two. If you missed... Her. She's now Instagram famous yes. <laughs> on our <laughs> Instagram, so check her out. There was some crazy stuff that happened in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. as far as news that we are going to talk about today. Um, did you see that video where the ocean was on fire? How could I not have <laughs> seen the video with the ocean on fire? It's absolutely crazy in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, so in the Gulf of Mexico, basically, there was... Um, a storm and a, a pipe burst and just it, it sent a bunch of oil up to the top um, of the ocean, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the craziest part about why it got set on fire was it actually was hit with an electrical shock from the storm it's and crazy. that caught the water on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's like a little apocalyptic lightning <laughs> setting the ocean on fire. Yeah, it's like yeah. this is a... a a view into our future here. Yeah, we thought 2020 was bad, but here we are, I guess. 2021, the ocean is on fire. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Anyway, just some other updates and goings on is that uh, there's a runoff election in House Districts 34 and 156 down here in Georgia. Uh, They're happening next week on July 13th. So if you live in either of those districts, make sure you vote early or by July 13th is the last day to vote. Um, and if you don't know where your polling place is, you can check it at the Secretary of State's website at mvp.sos.ga.gov. Also, if you're listening and you are in need of work, we are hiring two senior organizers and one engagement organizer. Yeah, come be our co-workers at Georgia Conservation Voters. And maybe you'll make it onto the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into kind of our main stories for this episode. And I kind of wanted to start off by talking about something that has not been as much a part of the national news cycle, um, but it has a lot of consequences down here in Georgia, and it's really important to understand what's going on and how it's going to impact everyone down here. So farming and the economy, crazy stuff. So initially as a part of the American Rescue Act, which was a bill passed by Congress, Um, There's going to be a chunk of money set aside, a few billion dollars actually, uh, to be debt relief for black and minority farmers who could prove that they had faced discrimination in the debt relief process. Um, There is a debt relief process already for farmers across the country, uh, but historically black and minority farmers have a much harder time getting this money. So it's really important to set aside this extra money in the American Rescue Act and actually thankfully our brand new senator, Reverend Warnock, who actually, I guess, has now been in office for about six months, maybe not so brand new anymore. Um, But yeah, Reverend Warnock really championed this bill and helped get it into action. And we're just super grateful that we have him in Washington to represent these farmers who contribute so much to our economy 
Um, and they just really aren't getting what they deserve in return. Yeah, is this just farmers in Georgia or is this farmers everywhere? Farmers everywhere, um, but there's a lot of black farmers in Georgia, which is why Warnock was such a strong voice on this. Right. But it okay. is not just in Georgia, but it does have a huge impact here because we have so much farming. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, and so, of course, with COVID, there was like a, a really bad impact on the farm industry, especially with black farmers. And as I mentioned before, there's just a really long-standing history of systemic discrimination by the USDA against black farmers. And so in this act, $5 billion uh, we're going to be aiming at benefiting farmers of color who have been marginalized and need help to cover some debts and avoid foreclosure of their farms. And yeah, I think I mentioned this before, but white farmers routinely receive this through a regular application process that is just much harder to complete for black and minority farmers because they often have a harder time proving that they own their farms and that like they legally need this help. And so $4 billion of the dollars was going to go towards just the debt relief itself, and the last billion was going to be providing assistance with the application process for the grants. Um, which was honestly a very belated way to help right this historical wrong. But yeah, we were super glad that it got passed. Yeah, that sounds like some systemic racism, if I've ever heard yes, of it. Like how it, to prove you own a farm. Exactly. Like. <laughs> yeah, when I was doing research on this, there's a lot of stuff about how like deeds get passed down. And because a lot of these farms used to be plantations, it's often very hard for non-white farmers to prove that they actually own their farms. Wow. Um, wow. When it's passed down generationally, there's not always... Paperwork, and the government loves paperwork, so it gets pretty tricky. Um, and unfortunately, there's not exactly a happy ending to this right now. Black farmers and minority farmers were already starting to file their paperwork to apply for this grant money when uh, 12 white farmers in Wisconsin, represented by a conservative legal group, challenged the legislation, saying it was unconstitutional because it's aid money based on race, and like legally you can't make laws that only affect one race at a time. Uh, or discriminate any race, you know, so they're claiming that they're uh, being discriminated against no as white people. Uh, and so due to this lawsuit, a restraining order with like halting the distribution of the debt relief money was issued while the case is being considered um, because, yeah, they're saying it's unconstitutional to only have COVID relief towards black farmers who also, by the way, only make up 1% of all farmers. So not a huge chunk. Yeah, that, <laughs> so you can make, you can make laws that negatively impact impact black folks, but <laughs> yep. not positive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't want to make the white people mad. And so anyway, then it, it became national. And a judge in Florida then issued a nationwide injunction uh, a few weeks ago at the end of June, which prevented the Department of Agriculture from issuing these grants. Basically, these white farmers are saying that the American Rescue Plan is unconstitutional because um, it's defining socially disadvantaged people as people who identify as a member of particular races without regard to just their other individual qualities. But I mean, obviously, when you think about it, socially disadvantaged, it's never white people <laughs> yeah. historically in America. And so, of course, these people who are African-American, Native American, Hispanic, Asian Pacific Islanders, they need this help because they've deserved it all along and it's been much harder for them to get it. Is that where it's left at right now? The, the judge yeah. in Florida, it's just kind of put a halt to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the most recent update has been from about a week or two ago where just they had to halt these funds while the lawsuits are in action. Yeah, and, our, and um, farming already is such a hard industry to be in now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, making money, making ends meet, everyone's taking out loans and, and you know, 
going bankrupt really. And right. so any, uh, any help, any additional help that people can get would be great. Yeah. And a lot of these white farmers in the South, you know, they've been down here forever. They have those systems in place to help them make ends meet, like what you were saying, and help repay their debts and farmers and people of color tend to just not have that assistance. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> going into the complete opposite thing of, mm-hmm. you know, unconstitutional to make laws against people. <laughs> now we can go into Georgia and talk about the Senate Bill 202 that just passed, mm-hmm. which um, ironically is called the Election Integrity Act <laughs> of 2021. Um, which I is, have a feeling it's not about integrity. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, you're definitely right about that. So I want to start talking about the Department of Justice versus Georgia. Basically, last month, the Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland announced that he and the Department of Justice is suing the state of Georgia for enacting a law that he said the legislator, legislative... That's a hard word. ...that he said was passed to deny black people the right to vote. Um, so this has been a big issue in the last couple months um, in Georgia after the 2021... or Sorry, 2020 election... Um, So a little background, Um, back in March, Georgia passed Senate Bill 202, which, yeah, I said before, is called the Election Integrity Act of 2021. It's kind of crazy because the entire existence of this bill is based on lies Mm -hmm. of saying that Georgia and a lot of other states didn't count votes correctly and absentee ballots and it was a fraud and it was a fake and Trump lost because of cheating and Biden should never have won, um, you know, especially in a swing state and a fighting state like Georgia that hasn't been blue since mm-hmm. the 90s right. is crazy. Um, so basically this whole bill was passed <laughs> based on a lie, <laughs> Yeah, which is, you know. Yeah, I was actually at um, a lot of the protests back in February and March against this bill. Um, yeah, people were riled up. It is really just based on a lie, you know, a lot yeah. of Republicans came in and said, you know, people stole this election and they have done investigation upon investigation. And it's funny because if there was fraud, they would have found it. Yeah, they're 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 pulling pulling strings here, mm-hmm. trying to trying to make something happen. You know, basically just a little summary of the laws. Um, it extends uh, voter ID requirements, so it just makes it harder to submit your absentee ballot. Um, it also limits the amount of places that can uh, uh, it limits the amount of ballot boxes in each district to like I think it's one for every ten thousand voters wow. in uh, in each district, um, which is you know the lines were already crazy and now right. people just trying to trying to make it a little easier and it, it's just just not. Um, they're also criminalizing giving voters food and water while they wait in line, which (laughs) just doesn't make any sense. I I did that in November. I was handing out donuts to people in line. Yeah, it's 7 a.m. And I guess that's illegal, no? Yeah, I don't don't know the basis of that. It it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, uh, They're also shortening the time that um, you can uh, request an absentee ballot. So just there's all the issues with the mail and that, all these unfounded things of mail fraud happening with the absentee ballots. And now with the U.S. Postal Service being so heavily loaded, now it's mm-hmm. like you get less time to get your ballot and yeah. submit it, which is just... there. There's a ton more issues with this bill. Um, the overall thing to focus on is that these rules 
limit access to voting, and that violates the Voting Rights Act, which mm -hmm. prohibits states from adopting practices that deny or interfere with the right of U.S. citizens to vote because of their race or color. Um, this lawsuit is targeting and trying to fight against basically this bill because they are acknowledging that it is racist and systemically geared towards limiting black people and marginalized communities from voting because in a lot of people's opinions, because that's why Trump didn't win because mm -hmm. a lot of underrepresented communities, black and brown folks voted against him. And now they're saying, oh, we're trying to stop that from happening right. the next time. And I mean, they kind of have a tough battle to fight because obviously nowhere in the law does it say that they're discriminating against certain races. But yeah. when you read between the lines and see how historically these kinds of laws that have been passed, you know, over the past century, they always impact people of color and exactly. lower income people much more than wealthier and whiter people. Exactly. And, and that is why this is going to be such a big case to follow because the Department of Justice has to prove you know, somehow, I'm not a lawyer, but they're going to have to <laughs> prove that these laws are racist right. and do violate the Voting Rights Act. And that's why a lot of people are saying it's going to be a tough battle to fight mm -hmm. um, for the Department of Justice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are definitely going to be more updates on this case. I don't know. I think the biggest part of it that's so crazy is that everyone, including the Department of Justice, which is supposed to be, you know, it is a third party. It is not directly related to Biden, but the United States is like acknowledging that these laws changes in Georgia are racist and, and affect black people. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that is a good sign of how far we've come. Yeah. And just on one more note of voter suppression. Uh, also, I don't know if y'all saw, but the Supreme Court just released a ruling in, I never know how to pronounce this guy's last name. I think it's Prinovich versus the DNC. Uh, which was based on two laws um, in Arizona that are actually pretty similar to these Georgia voting laws that uh, basically just are the definition of voter suppression. And anyway, the Supreme Court ruled, I think, last week that these laws actually do not violate the Voting Rights Act, which kind of takes a hit on us because most people think that they do violate the Voting Rights Act. And so this kind of paves the way to allowing states like Georgia and states all over the country to get away with these kinds of voter suppression laws. Um, so yeah, seems like a really good time for Congress to be passing the For the People Act or the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And we need voting rights protections. And we have tons of that going on on our social media right now. Yeah, and you can follow that and a lot more stories at GC Voters on all social media. And yeah, thanks for listening to Greater Greener Georgia. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. I'm Alexis. And I'm Miles, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah.